0: what is up guys in this episode i want to talk about an article i read on linkedin that's right linkedin which i think is also uh involved with lyndon now and microsoft i forget who purchased who but they're all thrown together it is a place where people are putting some pretty interesting content and i found an article written by the i believe the ceo of three-legged thing which is a photography accessories manufacturer they also make tripods and it was written by their ceo denny lanahan or Danny Lanahan, sorry about that. And the, the crux of the article is that he came out with pretty recently a $100 universal like right-angle base plane that should fit on like the majority of professional still cameras, and it's $100. And what happened is that he released this product and then was doing his market research to see how it was going, and he found uh, a pretty big thread in a popular photography forum saying that you know, his base plate was a ripoff because people could get the same exact base plate from a Chinese manufacturer for $6, which is a pretty big, pretty big slap in the face. And so he wrote a really big response article to that. And I wanted to go through the points of his article. I'm going to try to link to it. I think you can link to it through through Anchor and um, just talk about the different points that he brought up and share some of my thoughts. And at the end, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. So the article starts off with him saying that uh, inter- intellectual property or IP in the United States is pretty enforceable. It is expensive to file for patents and do the research and it can take a year or longer to just do the research and it's and it's pretty expensive and companies in the States do their best to respect each other's IP. And if someone unintentionally, quote unquote, uh, you know, infringes on someone else's patent and uses the technology that then those companies license it to each other and we've, we've seen that uh, happen a lot in the film industry and in the tech space with Apple and Microsoft and Samsung, we'll have to get into that. But regardless, the companies here do try to respect that and the courts do enforce it. Now not to point fingers at one particular country because you know manufacturing and this type of thing is happening all over the world, but he specifically points out China. And I think in the film industry we can all name some Chinese manufacturers whose products look very similar to their American, um, <laughs> to some American manufacturers work at a much lower cost and what he says is that um, in, in China they can basically buy the product that they want to copy and they just scan it in 3D which is really simple and they reverse engineer the electronics, they reverse engineer everything about it and a product that might have taken a year or two years or even longer perhaps in the U.S. to innovate, to do all the R&D costs and figure out this new product and design it and figure out the perfect dimensions of everything, which is expensive and takes time. For the Chinese manufacturers that are reverse engineering this stuff, it can only, it can take like a month or a couple months. And then because of that, because they didn't pay for any of the costs of the, of the R&D, and they're not following any of the intellectual property you know, rules that people in the states have to deal with, they can release this at a much lower cost. So that is the the kind of the TLDR version of this and what he basically says about that is that if this happens, you know, if it, and this is happening of course, what happens is that for the American companies or the companies that are trying to play by the rules, he basically says that it becomes not commercially viable, meaning not profitable, meaning they can't make money creating products because people are gonna rip them off instantly and then undercut them on the prices, he says that this is uh, ending innovation in the film industry. And I had this exact conversation with Vincent Lafraie at his house in California. And, cause he's been part of many companies and, and some, some accessories and things for the film industry. I think he helped launch the original Movi, um, which of course has many, many copycats uh, around the world at this point. And he was telling me this exact same story and, you know, I thought about it for a while and I was like, okay, you know, like, what are we supposed to do about that? And then to basically read this LinkedIn article where Danny Lenahan from Three Legged Thing says the exact same thing with throwing some numbers out there and giving his exact experience on what product was being copied, I thought that this was, um, I thought this was interesting and that I I would talk about it at some point. So at this point, I think it's worth noting that he's very careful in the article to say that he's not judging the end consumer who wants to save money and buy the affordable alternative to his product. And I took the same point of view when I was talking to Vincent Lafrey about it and saying that like, hey, yeah, I could buy, I'll just go out and say the names, like I could buy the Ari, you know, 50 millimeter base plate for like $800. Or I could buy the small HD, and not the small HD, um, what's it called? Small rig. I don't, I don't own any of that, any of those stuff, but like the small rig base plate that's going to be like $100 or $50. I don't know what the price is. And I've, I've always been surprised actually, um, because in, in my career, when I bought my Canon C300, I, I did buy the ARRI base plate and all of the ARRI accessories, because, you know, I, in New York City, I wanted to rent the camera. And Ari had the reputation of building, you know, rock-solid, reliable equipment. And I'll say that my Ari basically has never uh, bent or threaded or had any issues, and it's been through many years of use. And so I feel like it's been worth the investment. But what's been happening is that there's been this trend in fast iteration cycle of products where cameras, and especially accessories, are more or less disposable. They're not these longer-term investments that the rental houses would like to keep cameras come out too quickly and, and, and accessories have to evolve very quickly and they become disposable and this further feeds the market of people who need to buy these accessories to want to buy affordable accessories and that's where the the knockoff uh, manufacturers kind of get ahead. So I wanted to talk about, you know, with, with this change in the market, what are some of the negatives of buying besides the death of innovation, which is just a, a part of capitalism and, and and business that people are probably going to have to learn how to evolve with, um, what are some of the negatives for the end user who are buying these products? So the first would be that there's no standards for uh, manufacturing. So you don't know what materials you're buying, right? So. You might think that all metal and aluminums and iron or whatever if they're made out of iron—you um, might think that those are all the same at this point. But he goes to point out, and I'm not an expert on this. He says that you know his products are only made with the highest quality steel and aluminum, and they're very—you know—they're they're tested rigorously for strength and to not bend and all that. Whereas when you buy one of the quote-unquote third-party accessories, you don't know what they're built with. Um, they could be toxic materials. They could. They could be weaker and that might compromise um, you know, protecting your camera and they might fail at the worst time possible. That sort of thing. And the second thing that he brings up is that uh, the factory standards where they're being produced are likely not human friendly. And that's, you know, that is up to you as a consumer if that sort of thing factors into what you purchase. Uh, to be honest, the, the camera equipment I buy, I have no idea what the factories are like. For any of the equipment and I don't know if I have the mental capacity and time to to deal with that you know I kind of just if I'm gonna buy something from Ari or from Wooden Camera um, I just hope they're building it in a way that isn't like killing people is is basically what he goes on to say and so those are those are kind of like the main points other than the bigger the bigger issue of um, you know the 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 companies who are stealing the IP and shortcutting the R&D phase basically smothering the profits of these you know innovative companies you know the the biggest negatives for the end user is that the products may be unreliable they may be unsafe and that the conditions that they were manufactured in may not be uh, humane so that kind of wraps up this look at how ip theft and manufacturing in other countries and the, the 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 race at the bottom with the pricing of all film equipment and this is not just for accessories we're looking at this with lenses with cameras with everything with software and what this is really doing to the industry now i don't think this is a trend that's going to change right it doesn't seem like that this is a world economy and perhaps in the past you only bought film equipment from like you know Are in germany and then things that were made in america actually that can't be true because we were always buying cameras and lenses from um from leica and zeiss and you know chinese companies like canon and uh nikon so it's it's i don't know what's been changing lately that this is such becoming such a big problem but like i said i've been hearing this from a lot of manufacturers and a lot of different people about how this ip theft and companies getting away with it and people buying it uh has been affecting a lot of the companies and especially i think the smaller companies i don't think that i don't believe that you know canon for instance is gonna feel too much pressure from something like this but these smaller companies like three-legged thing and say someone like free fly or um you know other companies i think we can all think of that have knockoff version of versions of of their products out there in the world uh that really does hurt their profits And, you know, if they're not making profits and they're not making money, they can't afford to pay their employees, they can't stay in business, and they definitely can't afford to spend like a million dollars or, you know, whatever it costs in research and R&D to make the next product. And that's what the danger of, that's that's what the article talks about, the danger of losing, is this innovation. Like, if these companies can't make money in the space, because making money in the film industry as a manufacturer is already a fairly slim margin in general... That they'll just leave the industry and they'll they'll stop doing that so i guess that's the the danger of it and so i'm really interested to hear people's thoughts about it i'm making this uh podcast here nice and early in the morning just got up i'm gonna go do my work right after this this is kind of like my morning podcast routine that's starting to start and you know i would love to hear your call-ins and uh, i'll definitely try to post them to the station so i'm still learning anchor but if you're just jumping on now I would get the app for sure if you're actually interested in listening to this and and being interactive get the app and what you want to do is you want to hit if i'm on air this channel you want to hit listen and it'll play through all the stuff i've recorded including all the call-ins of people's questions and feedback and then i respond to those um and that's the best way to hear the interactions that's kind of like the comment section although you can actually comment on these now too um those disappear after 24 hours so you kind of really only have this small window of a day to listen to the the feedback and the call-ins and the episodes which are the podcast episodes if you're listening to this on itunes or you're listening to the actual episode those last forever but because i produce them and put them out they do not have the feedback on it so if you want the full fun part of anchor which i think is the feedback and the call-ins that sort of thing definitely go get the app and give me a call not everyone's going to make it on there but if there's something that i think is worth Uh, responding to and adding to the conversation or I have the time to do it. Uh, It's very easy for me just to add it to the station. Everyone gets to hear your question and then I respond to it. It's as simple as like a phone call. So thanks so much for listening. I will see you guys tomorrow.